0: Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 174, Tipitaka, part 105, in which I will be reciting uh, Bikuni Vibhanga Nisagya 11, 12, and maybe 13. We'll see how it goes i hope everyone is doing well today Um, i'd like to welcome our special guest ratna sambhava ratna sambhava is one of the five dhyani buddhas or wisdom buddhas and uh ratna if i'm not mistaken uh, means jewel but it also refers to uh the the spiritual jewel or state of mind which comes from um, ritual work, from uh, from temple work. So, welcome. It's nice to have him here. You might uh, have seen him before over here, somewhere um, under the window, since his place is the south, and that's south behind me. East, north. And this is west. So. You're looking at me from sort of the uh, the Northwest and looking Southeast, if you were interested. All right. Well, um, if this is your first time seeing me, you may wish to click here and start at the beginning of the Tipitaka recitals. So, I, you know, even though some people might be watching these in order, so You might hear me repeat a few things i'll try to say it in a different way this time um for people who are maybe peripherally or kind of like surface level um familiar with buddhism might have noticed you know it's odd these these zen buddhists over here are very different from these tibetan buddhists over here and uh they they seem to have a different emphasis you know, or you know, maybe this Buddhism, that Buddhism, uh, the Nam Yoho Renge Kyo chanting, uh, Nichiren Buddhists, and so on. Um, what we're reading is what all of these forms have in common, and uh, some of the more, you know, magical, mystical, mythological. Um, stories you might hear where you go, hmm, that seems like it has an interesting moral but I'm not sure if I believe it. Um, This is sort of the opposite of that where, and it's the oldest, so it's kind of the most fun and kind of um, from a certain perspective, in in a Lord of the Rings kind of sense, it's the least interesting for maybe someone who's, who's who's wanting something more like a marvel movie you know like uh sort of a fantastic tale this is the fantastic tale of one nun taking another nun's bowl or robe and uh what lord buddha what rule was established to um make sure that these sorts of things don't happen in the future as much or when they do they're dealt with properly you're lucky i'm practicing a ahimsa little bug anyway Um, so yeah, so this is 2,600 years ago. This is the, uh, the rules that were established in the original little group that, uh, became all the various forms of Buddhism. So that's what we're doing today. And, uh, in the future we will be, um, after we finish the Tibitaka, which is going to take a while, we're on book three and this is Tibitaka 105, so we're going to be up into at least... At least a thousand by the time or probably higher than that by the time we finish the Tibitaka. there's also Tibitaka down here on the second shelf and then we'll get into some early mahayana before we get into see more maroon books those are uh like the commentaries of buddha gosa and other fifth century common era burmese um you know uh, masters who who explained the Tipitaka. But before we get to that explanation, so these guys came after there were already these early Mahayana sutras in circulation. So we're going to go in order. First, we're going to read the rules. Then we're going to read the early Mahayana scriptures. Then we're going to read the commentaries of Theravadin Buddhists who were aware of Mahayana scriptures. And this would have been 11, 1200 years after um, these original rules were written. So I'm going in order by century. If that's something that interests you, if you want to go on this journey with me through thick and thin, through fun and boring and uh, funny and tragic, then uh, please do feel free to click subscribe down below. and, And I look forward to going on the journey with you. All right, I will go ahead and get to the reading now. This is Nisagya, or forfeiture eleven. At one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Sabati in the Jetta Grove in Pindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the nun Tulananda, who. Uh, Since we did the Tipitaka rogues gallery episode in Tipitaka part 100 has been represented by the wicked stepmother in uh, Cinderella. The nun Ananda was very learned. She was a repeater. She was wise. She was skilled in giving Dhamma talk. They mentioned that last time. You know who else is a repeater? Whoever wrote this. Um, Not the translator, I then King Passanetti of Kosala. Let's give him a cartoon character, shall we? I don't know who that's going to be. Future Edward, editor Edward, is going to decide and maybe put put him here somewhere beside um, Tulananda. So I look forward to finding out who that is. Anyway, um, just for the people who aren't familiar with all like 80s or 70s or 90s children's pop culture. Editor Edward, could you let us know who that is? It's uh, King Triton from The Little Mermaid. But while I have your attention, uh, earlier in the intro, uh, when I had said that we're gonna read all the old rules and then the Mahayana Sutras, I was speaking quickly. Uh, what I meant was, we're going to read the whole tipi-tape, including the rules, the teachings, and then the and and then the sutras. All right. Thank you. Good choice. I assume King Pasanetti of Kosala, having in the cold weather put on a costly woolen garment, approached the nun Tulananda. Having approached, having greeted the nun Tulananda, he sat down at a respectful distance. As he was sitting down at a respectful distance, the nun Tulananda roused three dots. So hopefully you're a long-time listener and you memorized uh, episodes from a long time ago, because Miss Horner, the translator, is not going to tell us what she roused. No, she, she taught Dhamma. Can you hear the rain? Anyway, she taught him, and uh, he was very excited, and she was teaching and going on about the Dharma. And it gladdened King Pasanetti of Kosala with Dhamma talk, right? <clears throat> then King Pasanetti of Kosala, having been roused, you know, mentally, spiritually, nothing weird, three dots, gladdened with Dhamma talk by the nun Tulananda spoke thus to the nun Tulananda, quote, Do let me know, lady, what would be of use, parentheses, to you, And parentheses, and quote. Now, the widow once posed that exact question to uh, the venerable Udayin, and uh, he, we, we might remember, some of us might remember what his response was. Let's hope that she doesn't say the same thing. Let's find out what she says. What will be of use to you, to Lenonda? Quote, If, sire, you are desirous of giving, parentheses, something, and parentheses, to me, give me this woolen garment. Alright end quote. There's an old adage in cinema that, you know, you don't see a gun in a drawer early in the movie unless later in the movie that gun is going to be used. So he talked a lot about the, the very nice woolen garment he was wearing. So I should have known. Honestly, I did know. But I thought I'd mention the Udayun thing just for fun. Did I say Upananda? I meant Udayun. I hope I didn't say Upananda. Then he King Passanetti of Kosala having given the woolen garment to the nun Tulananda, having risen from his seat having greeted the nun Tulananda, departed keeping his right side towards her yeah already people are going to look down upon and criticize I think it's because it's a fancy woolen garment that's not a robe right it's like a decorative or extra thing to wear Alright. I mean it'd be chaos if all the monks and nuns in the world were wearing like baseball caps and extra things and saris on top of anyway um, yes, people looked down upon, criticized, spread it about, saying quote, "These nuns have great desires they are not contented. how can they talk?" How can they ask the king for a woolen garment? End quote. Nuns heard these people who, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can the Lady Tulananda ask the king for a woolen garment? And quote. Three dots. Quote. So it got back to Lord Buddha. And Lord Buddha called the monks together, gave reason to talk, and then afterward he asked them, Is it true? monks, that the nun Tulananda asked the king for a woolen garment. And, quote, quote, it is true, Lord, and quote. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, how, monks, can the nun Tulananda ask the king for a woolen garment? It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not yet, and parentheses, pleased, three dots, this rule of training. If a nun is bargaining for a heavy cloth, she may bargain for one, parentheses, worth, and parentheses, at most, four bronzes, in quotes. If she should bargain for one, parentheses, worth, and parentheses, more than that, there is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. Interesting that that rule uh, was established uh, after this story, seeing as she did not bargain, but um, let's see, what's the footnote? Okay, so a bronze, uh, we assume, is a kind of coin that is worth four kahapanas. Remember, they were going to give Upananda a ka- kahapana for meat, So this is worth four meat meals. All right. A heavy cloth means whatever is a cloth for the cold weather. Is bargaining for means is asking for. Oh. Well, then maybe uh, Miss Horner should have used a different word rather than bargaining to translate that poly word, since it does not mean bargaining. All right. She uh, may bargain for one parentheses worth End parentheses at most four parentheses bronzes and parentheses four bronzes. So that's sixteen kahapanas. It's still pretty pricey. Worth sixteen meals. Hm. I mean, I don't know how much meat was. I, eh, it's hard to compare. Anyway, if she should bargain for one parentheses worth end parentheses more than that means. If she asks for one, parentheses worth, and parentheses more than that, in the request there is an offense of wrongdoing. It is to be forfeited on acquisition. It should be forfeited to an order or to a group or to one nun, and thus, monks, should it be forfeited. Quote within quotes, ladies, this heavy cloth, parentheses worth, and parentheses, at most more than four bronzes. Bargained for by me is to be forfeited. I forfeit it to the order and quote within quotes three dots quote Three dots the order should give back three dots. Let them give back three dots I will give back this parentheses heavy cloth and parentheses to the lady end quote I think the quotes got a little confused there, but it's okay um, so How does one determine if a woolen cloth is worth 16 kahapanas or not. Mm -hmm. You go around the town to all the clothing experts and say, how much would you say this is worth? Have it appraised. And then take the average of what everybody says. And if it's 15, then you're okay. And if it's 17, then whatever. It's good enough, good enough. if she thinks that it is parenthesis worth and parenthesis more when it is parenthesis worth and parenthesis more than four bronzes, parenthesis and and parenthesis bargains for it, there is an offensive expiation involving forfeiture. If she is in doubt as to whether it is parenthesis worth and parenthesis more than four bronzes, three dots. If she thinks that it is parentheses worth and parentheses less when it is parentheses worth and parentheses more than four bronzes, parentheses and and parentheses bargains for it, there is an offensive expiation involving forfeiture. Doesn't matter if you think it's worth less. If it's worth more, you've got to give it back or give it to the order. If she thinks that it is parentheses worth and parentheses more when it is parentheses worth and parentheses less than four bronzes, there is an offensive wrong. So if she's like, I'm going to go ahead and take this uh, 20-capana-valued woolen cloth, but it turns out it's worth only 12, well, it's a wrongdoing because she thought she was doing something wrong, right? If she is in doubt as to whether it is parentheses worth and parentheses less than four bronzes, there is an offense of wrongdoing. <clears throat> if she thinks that it is parentheses worth and parentheses less when it is parentheses worth and parentheses less than four bronzes, there is no offense. There is no offense if she bargains for one parenthesis worth and parentheses at most four bronzes, if she bargains for one parenthesis worth and parentheses at most less than four bronzes, if they belong to relations, if they are offered, if it is for another, if it is by means of her own property, if she bargains for something of small value while parentheses the other person and parentheses desires to bargain for something costly, If she is mad, if she is the first wrongdoer. Now, this is interesting, because if I recall correctly, the rule for monks was you're not supposed to ask for a robe. You're not supposed to ask for a robe for cloth making. Strike that. Reverse it. It's supposed to be donated. You don't say, hey, give me that uh, robe making or robe cloth, right? So the nuns, the nuns are allowed to bargain for things for uh, as long as they're not worth more than a certain amount. Okay, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, Oh, one thing that occurred to me, I think, after a full year of reading these rules, when it says the first wrongdoer at the end of most of these, I think that I've been misunderstanding that, rather than saying that this nun or monk has never done a wrongdoing before, and this is their first wrongdoing, so you get away with one wrongdoing. I think it actually is referring to the person who did the thing that got the rule established. So the first person, so to in this case, I mean the reason why she's still around is because though she's broken all these rules, she was the first wrongdoer in every case. She was the first person to ask a king for a woolen cloth. And uh, so she's not to be punished. But anyone who does it after her is to be punished, right? Okay. Forfeiture, Nisagia, 12. At one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Savati in the Jetta Grove in Anattapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the nun, Tulinunda, uh, she's back, um, was very learned, three dots, parentheses, CXI, one, instead of in the cold weather, read in the hot weather. Instead of woolen garment, read linen garment. And parentheses, three dots, quote, three dots, this rule of training, if a nun is bargaining for a light cloth, she may bargain for one, parentheses, worth, and parentheses, at most two, Two and a half bronzes. If she should bargain for one parentheses worth and parentheses more than that, there is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. End quote. So one worth ten kahapanas. Ah, math. I'm usually pretty good at math. Anyway, <clears throat> light cloth means whatever is a cloth for the hot weather is bargaining for means, is asking for, she may bargain for one parenthesis worth and parenthesis at most two and a half bronzes means, she may bargain for one worth ten kahapanas. <laughs> I nailed it. If she should bargain for one parenthesis worth and parentheses more than that means, three dots, parentheses. CXI2, read a light cloth, parentheses, within parentheses, worth end parentheses, within parentheses. At most more than two and a half bronzes, more than two and a half bronzes, less than two and a half bronzes, end parentheses. Three dots. There is no offense. There is no offense if she bargains for one parentheses worth end parentheses. At most two and a half bronzes. If she bargains for one parenthesis worth, and parenthesis, at most, less than two and a half bronzes, three dots. If she is the first wrongdoer. Recited, ladies, are the 30 rules for offenses of expiation involving forfeiture. All right. Uh, Concerning them, I ask the ladies. I hope that you are quite pure in this matter. A second time I ask, I hope that you are quite pure in this matter. And a third time I ask, I hope that you are quite pure in this matter. The ladies are quite pure in this matter, therefore they are silent. Thus do I understand this. Told are the 30 offenses of expiation involving forfeiture well so nisa Gia 12 was the last of the nisa Gias. so at the beginning when i said we're going to read 11 12 and probably 13 i did not know that and uh so it turns out we're just going to read 11 and 12 because you know i i don't like to like do one section and then start a new section in the middle of an episode. We'll start uh, the next episode with the next section, and I didn't peek ahead, so I don't know what it's called. Um, but it's probably similar to whatever came after Nisagia in the Rules for Monks. Also, there are 30 rules contained in 12 Nisagia. So I'll have to re listen to the Nisagia episodes and see if I notice where the 30 are so maybe in those finer like if she does this but not this and if she does that but not this i don't know because it seems like 12 was just one rule right well all right um so basically you're not supposed to ask for things that are more expensive you're not supposed to ask for nice things but it's okay if somebody gives it to you so if, some, if you are wearing a 50 kahapana uh, woolen cloak to keep cool in the wintertime and somebody says, uh, sister, what on earth are you wearing? And she's like, Man, the rich guy down the street, he just gave it to me. You didn't ask for it? No. Well, all right. Ta-ta then. Have fun. All right. Yeah. What are you going to do with it later? I don't know. Maybe trade it for medicine. Um, Then that's fine. Just not to ask for it. All right. So fine tuning the you know what's considered you know manners, good manners and good um, behavior for the monks and nuns, establishing these. So see what I mean? What I mentioned at the beginning is these are very kind of like down to earth, and maybe for some folk like not interesting. It's like the equivalent of reading laws, reading like a legal. Because that's what it is. It's, it's a very, very early... In fact, I think it's the earliest, what they say, in the East, quote-unquote. Um, so I guess they have earlier, like, laws written down um, in the West, quote-unquote. I mean, where's Hammurabi? Is he in the West or the East? Middle East? Um, so, yeah, I mean, for, for monks, for monks and nuns, the monastic uh, laws. This is definitely the earliest uh, thing that is written down from anywhere in this part of the world. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, then you are. If you're not, then how come you're still watching? Um, there was sort of a, a, a troll who came out and you know, told me to go back to my own country and uh, focus on on the teachings of my own culture. Wow. Wow. And you know what? The guy who said that did not come from either Lumini or Bihar. So uh, maybe you should stop being Buddhist. Hmm? I'm only kidding. I would never say that because that would be as absurd as what he said to me, right? Uh, my father was born in China and was Buddhist and raised me Buddhist. And so despite the color of my skin, by the way, in, uh, I think it was... Pakitiya, uh, one of the Pakitiya rules where Lord Buddha, um, it's on, on stereotyping. It's the one with the goats named uh, uh, Metia and, uh, and Dabba the Malian, where the guys say, hey, we're going to name these goats Metia and Dabba the Malian so we can say we saw them doing the wild thing, you know? And uh, then Lord Buddha says, you, you cannot accuse someone because they have the same name as someone else. You cannot accuse someone because they have the same skin color as someone else. He actually says that, or the same, um, family name or the same height or the same, this, or the same, that he goes on and on with a long list, um, basically saying no stereotyping. If you see a man with a particular kind of skin tone like this, then, uh, you know, you can't say based on other people of the same skin tone. Prejudge them and say, go back, go back to America, put on a, put on a suit and tie and talk about Jesus. Okay. (laughs) That was never me. That was never my father. So it's absurd for you to, to tell me to do that. So, um, blessings to you if you're watching. (sighs) All right. I hope everybody enjoyed today's recital and, uh, I look forward to the next one. And remember, if you're a Theravada nun, not to ask for, what's this time of year? It's kind of monsoon season, so it's neither hot nor freezing cold. So you don't need to worry about these rules until peak winter. But when it comes, if you're going to ask someone for a woolen cloth, make sure it's not worth more than 16 kahapanas. I wonder what that means with inflation and all. Comment below. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and close with the prayer that my father and I uh, greeted every morning with as I was growing up. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Aum. Until next time.